Good morning, everyone. Well, this is our last event of Spiritual Renewal Week, and it's always, I think, very fitting to take a moment and thank all those who are responsible for this extraordinary experience. First of all, God and Guru, who brought us this incredible path, these teachings, these techniques to bring us to God. And then Swamiji, Swami Kriyanandaji, who gave us these communities, who gave us song, who gave us joy and the satsang and the strength, to be- the faith in ourselves that we can truly find God in this lifetime. And then I want to thank all of you who have come and joined us this week. Your receptivity, your openness, your joy have made it so, have uplifted the whole experience. If you can have a, you know, there's the Zen koan, what is, uh, if there's a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it make a noise? If you have wonderful music and no one's there to appreciate it, is that music really heard? And so all of you have heard the music of the great soul call that Master and Swamiji have put out. And then it's also fitting to thank all of our speakers, our singers and musicians, all of those who decorated and speaking of taking Ananda home with you, Willow and her crew who did all the wonderful stage decorations. If you would like to take any of these beautiful colored ball flowers home with you and put them on your altar as a reminder of this week after service. Don't do it during service. But after service, please feel free to do so. And not to mention, not to forget all the cooks who served us beautiful meals all week long. Julius and Teresa Das, who pull off this, this is the sixth year in a row they have uh, prepared this Indian banquet for us, and we served over 300 people last night, so that was no small thing. And the dramatists, the costumiers, all of those great efforts, and then finally, the incredible, selfless, unending service of our karma yogis. You are, as my dear friend Leela used to say, angels of the highest realm. So thank you all. Our topic this week is how should we meet our tests? Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Last week, we considered Satan's temptation of Jesus in the wilderness after his baptism by John. We discussed the question, does Satan exist? All of us experience temptation of one kind or another in our lives, some of us frequently, others only occasionally. Whether temptation comes to us from our own subconscious 
or from outside ourselves is secondary to the fact that it does come and that we must deal with it. More important, then, is the question how to deal with it. In fact, how to deal with tests of any kind. Martin Luther flung an ink pot at the devil who had appeared to test him. A dark stain on the wall of Luther's cell is pointed out to tourists in support of this story. Unfortunately, our trials are not often so summarily dismissed. As a fellow monk once said to Swami Kriyananda, speaking of Satan, if only I could get my hands on him. Jesus, during his temptations in the wilderness, overcame them and thereby set an example for all time by clinging the more determinedly to God. As Paramahansa Yogananda used to say, Darkness cannot be driven out of a room with a stick. Once you turn on the light, however, the darkness will vanish as though it had never been. Jesus manifested this principle. The Bible tells us, therefore, that at last, quote, the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. In the Bhagavad Gita, the point is clarified further by the added explanation that there are three qualities in human life, sattvic, or spiritually elevating, rajasic, or ego-activating, and tamasic, or spiritually darkening. It is this triune aspect of human nature that the third chapter refers to with these words— as fire is hidden by smoke, as a mirror is dulled by rust, and as an embryo is enclosed in the womb, so is the indwelling self enveloped by desire. Yogananda explained that each of these examples describes one of the qualities or gunas, sattva guna, that which elevates our consciousness, can be freed of any identity with ego by a little puff of meditation and right affirmation. Rajoguna, which embroils the ego in restless activity, can be worked off with a little more and a little longer effort. Tamoguna, embracing as it does such mental states as laziness and stupidity, can only be outgrown in time, since it inhibits even the desire for self-improvement. The example Jesus gave us was intended more for those in whom sattva guna is predominant. But if you yourself find elements in your consciousness that resist even the effort to cling to God in prayer and meditation, don't despair. Patience, as it, had been, as it has been well said, is the fastest path to God. As long as your efforts take you steadfastly in the right direction, you will come out right in time. Remember Yogananda's words, a saint is a sinner who never gave up. If, however, your nature impels you even against your will, 
to move in the wrong direction toward egoic desires and away from God, strive at least to detach yourself mentally from your wrong actions, which are induced by habit. The time will come when their own stored-up energy will tire and diminish. At that time, if you have not contributed to that energy by your consenting will, you will find it possible at last to redirect your energies more constructively. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. This is Worship God as Sacred Joy Found in Meditation. O Father, from joy I came, for joy I live. In joy I will melt again. Thou art sacred, perennial joy. Thou art the joy I seek. Thou art the everlasting joy of the soul. Teach me to worship Thee through the joy born of meditation. Balance my worship with good action and teach me to shun all false pleasures which siren-like call to me through my misguided senses. It's been an extraordinary week, really. I think everyone I've talked with feels that this has been the best ever spiritual renewal week. We, yes... We do have a tendency to say that every year, but, but that's secondary. And in fact, I think it's true. I think everyone is the best ever. And what it's really dependent on is not the quality of the signal, but the quality of the reception. And I think the reception to what we've had this week has been extraordinarily high. And that has allowed the signal to also be extraordinarily high. I don't know how a community that is as small as Ananda is can put on such an event with so many, many different elements and aspects and creativity and beauty and song and dance and inspirational talks and food and everything and everything at the high level. I say I don't know how we can do it, but I do know how we can do it by not doing it. I think what has happened over the years is that by the practice of the combination of sadhana and service, the channels have been cleaned out. And so it's like a hose that had kind of mud and incrustations in it. The flow of service and sadhana through that hose over a period of time has washed it clean. And now a powerful flow can go through. And that's what does it. Not only the powerful flow going through to produce, but the powerful flow going through to open each of us to receive.
And it's just a beautiful, beautiful example. I had a birthday last week, and they made a beautiful card for me with a saying from Ananda Moy Ma. And the saying, I don't have it memorized, but it was essentially this, that we must realize that God is the doer in all and that we are the tools that he uses to do what he will. And once we truly grasp the significance of that, then all worry and all doubt leaves us. And furthermore, the whole world becomes our own. Every person, everything is seen as our friend because it is our very own. And so, as we realize that God is the doer, then everything is done for us and through us. We, Our job is to participate in that, to be willing channels. But we don't have to create the energy. We don't have to create anything except the willingness to be used as God's tool. And that's the magic that happened this week. That's the miracle that we all saw and experienced. At the beginning of the week, we suggested that there be a challenge or a homework assignment. And for those of you who were here on Monday, you'll remember. And the challenge was that during this week, we wanted to raise the level of our happiness. Swamiji used the term specific gravity to talk about how light or heavy we were in consciousness. And we wanted to raise our specific gravity. Well, to quote Dave Barry, only a sack of hammers could have been here this week and not had their specific gravity (laughs) raised. So the power was very strong and very tangible. I'm sure that all of us feel that we have been uplifted during this week. Now there comes the second part of the challenge, which is to maintain that permanently. And so it's almost as if when we visit Seattle, sometimes we will take a trip to one of the islands. We get on the ferry. You drive your car and you wait in line and then you get onto the ferry. And once you're on the ferry, you don't have to drive anymore. You're free to walk around get some food, take in the fresh air. Everything's done for you. But then you arrive at the other end, you have to drive off, and then you have to begin again. Well, we have arrived at the other end of the ferry of Spiritual Renewal Week. And now we have the challenge of driving our own vehicle, our vehicle of life. And depending on how we drive that, We will keep these gains that we have felt this week permanently or we will begin to see them diminish and we will lose them. And it's really so simple. The spiritual path is extremely simple. In fact, Sri Yukteswar said to uh, Master that God is simple. All else is complex. It's very, very simple We heard it in the affirmation. We heard it in the reading. 
There are two currents in life. One moves us positively, the other moves us negatively. One expands our consciousness, thinking of others, serving others, thinking of God, feeling to be part of God's infinite consciousness, and the other current contracts our consciousness. As Swami put it in the song, I, my, me, mine. And if we want to get in tune with that current of I, my, me, mine, we'll find plenty of reinforcement to push that one along. That's why he talked about Satan's temptation. Satan's temptation is not necessarily this or that, the world or not the world, this sense pleasure or that sense pleasure. It The real temptation is the contraction into darkness away from light. And that has a power. But we are in the middle, and God gives us the free will to make simply this choice, to choose the light, and when we do, we move toward it, or to choose the darkness, and if we do, then we move toward that, to choose expansion or to choose contraction. And that is the choice that we have as we drive our car off the ferry and on to the next phase. Now, those of you who don't live here are probably thinking, well, maybe that's easy for you guys to say. You get to live here all the time. Well, we don't have spiritual renewal week, the other 51 weeks of the year. We've got jobs and work and money problems and all the other things that assail anyone in this world. What we do have is the satsang to keep our consciousness elevated. But that isn't ours alone. You can have that. There are many, many ways that you can take Ananda with you. You can join the virtual community. You can take any of the music that you heard and play it in your homes instead of whatever else is playing in your home. You can choose to watch or listen to a talk of Swami's instead of Fox News. (laughs) You can choose to have your reactive consciousness moving in a positive direction instead of in a negative direction. All of these are choices, and it's really so, so simple that the more we choose the positive, the more the winds of grace carry us there. Because it's really God that does it all. It's not us. He's just waiting for us to give our hearts to him, to love him, to want him. As Christ put it in the Bible, And we repeat this every Sunday during our Festival of Light. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord. This is the first and great commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength. And then he went on, but we don't repeat this every week, but it's good to repeat it occasionally. And the second commandment is like unto the first. 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, can't boil it down much more simply than that. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And I'll just end with a couple of very specific suggestions of how to do that. Love God with all thy heart. That means the reactive process and the likes and dislikes. So turn your heart's energy. I would like to suggest that you take a chant, a devotional chant, make it the favorite one, and then repeat it over and over and over again, filling your days and your nights and all the little cracks and crevices of the time that you spend with that chant. Let that chant play in your mind and it will purify your heart and purify your consciousness and turn it toward God. With all thy mind, get this book. This book has a plethora of ways, little little prayers, little prayer demands. Read one before you go to sleep at night. And if you'd like, read one in the morning. And try to get in tune with that. And in fact, I would like to suggest another thing that is very simple, but very powerful, and I can attest to the power of it, because I've been doing it for many years. Memorize God, 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 and repeat that. And if you do that, it will begin to play in your mind from the depths of slumber as I awake, as I (coughs) ascend. Thank you. When you're talking, you kind of forget these things. From the depths of slumber as I ascend a spiral stairway of wakefulness, I will whisper, God, God, God. Thou art the food, and when I break my fast of nightly separation from thee, I will taste thee and mentally say, God, 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 and so on. Learn that because it takes you all the way from the waking in the morning to the sleep at night, and it fills that consciousness with God. And if you learn that and repeat it, it will give you a tool to constantly bring your mind back to the divine, to the light, to the upward flowing current. With all thy soul, soul, Master said, is the path of Raja Yoga, the awakening that comes from daily meditation. Meditate deeply morning and evening, as deeply as you possibly can. Deeper is more important than longer, but both are important. So meditate deeply, and all thy strength means two things. It means our activities, our service, but it also means the prana that flows through us, and our whole path All of our techniques work with life force, with prana, and help us to control those. And if you just do 
these four things. Master, in the early years in his magazine, had a section for of recipes. And he'd give a recipe for a curry, and then along with it, a recipe for life. And so the recipe for life is this simple thing. Watch the heart, watch the mind, watch the soul, and do the techniques. And if you do that, you will ride this positive current. And the gains that you've had this week will become a permanent part of your life. And you will become a light that people all around you will draw upon in order to help them navigate their way in the darkness of this world. God bless you. I'm also going to share just a very few words since we'll be leaving tomorrow for, and we'll be gone for three months and uh, to our communities in Italy and then on to India. I remember, we probably all remember the scene in uh, Finding Happiness where Juliet, the reporter, comes to Swamiji and she says, Swami, I've had such a wonderful time here, but how can I take this home with me? And this is the question that we're all asking. And Swami always had the way of putting something so profound in such a simple, casual way. He said, well, stay in touch. And he didn't mean, you know, call me on my cell phone and let's be friends on Facebook, you know. (laughs) He meant stay in touch inwardly. And for the actress, Elizabeth Rome, who played that part, she's actually a very deep devotee. And that was one of the last times she saw Swamiji. But she does stay in touch with us and she writes and she has it in her life. But what Swami meant was stay in touch inwardly. And then we're never apart. Do you remember the very sweet story in autobiography of a yogi where uh, two penniless boys in Brindaban where, you know the story, I won't go into details, but Master's brother sends him and a friend off to Brindaban on this test to enjoy the sights of Brindaban and then come back and never miss a meal and come back and send them off without any money. And after they've been uh, sumptuously fed, I can't imagine that it was better than our meal last night, but nevertheless, uh, his friend... Jitendra starts getting nervous again and and says, no, look at the mess you've put me in. And just then a young man of pleasing countenance, as Master says, comes up. And he said, oh, sir, may I have the honor of showing you around Brindaban? And he said, no, no, I don't know you. He said, please don't turn me away. You are my guru. And his name was Pratap uh, Chatterjee. And so he shows them around. And some Many years later, Swamiji asked Master, did you ever see that young man again, Pratap, that you spent that one day with in Vrindavan? And he said, he's kept in touch inwardly. And that's the point. Keep in touch inwardly. Forgetfulness is one of the greatest tools of delusion. Was this real? Was this joy I felt real or was it just some dream that I had? Some years ago, it might have been at a spiritual renewal week. I don't know the occasion. 
but there a woman who was here for the first time and had a wonderful experience came up to Swamiji and said, Swamiji, I'm so happy here. What is it? Is it the air? Is it the beautiful natural surroundings? Is it the food? Is it the water? And Swami smiled and he said, you are experiencing the joy of your own self. And that's the essence of it all. Anything that you have felt this week is just covering, is scraping the mud off the diamond. The diamond is the joy of your own soul. Never forget that. It can never be lost. It's always there. Please remember. And Swamiji said, true happiness is never found outside of ourselves. And so you're not going anywhere. We will be in touch if you keep your hearts open and receptive and if you remember the experience and build it with each day of your life. Be soldiers of joy and light. And when the enemies attack you with fear and doubt and sadness and anxiety, you just fight them back. Fight them back with the joy of your own self. And this, if we do this together, wherever we are, this great wave of joy will begin to circle our planet. And truly, this can change the consciousness of this earth. So let's stay in touch. Stay in touch with God, with Guru, and with the joy of your own being. And I, my prayer for all of us is that we never forget that joy of our own self. <laughs>